But it is good to be with you all today, and we are going to be wrapping up our series today. The Bible doesn't say that. This will be the last one. And then uh, next week we'll begin a series that's going to ramp us right up into Resurrection Sunday. So it's going to be a great series as we uh, just enter this season as we prepare uh, for Resurrection Sunday. So I do hope you'll be joining us in the weeks to come. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the Gospel of John. That's where we'll be working from today. And as you're getting, uh, making your way there, either on your phone or in your Bible, I, I would uh, just, I just want to share a story. And, and I hope that I'm not the only one in the room that can identify with this. Um, I know when I was young in the faith and, you know, I was just intaking as much of the Word. I could not get enough of the Word of God. I was reading and, and just studying and, and Jesus, you know, was doing His thing and, and just really uh, revealing the Word to me as I was, as I was reading, at least... I thought, uh, and so I got to a place, though, there was this one person, I was really, sh I was sharing the gospel, and they just were, you know, they're, they're really kind of like blaspheming God, and it was really bothering me, and so, you know, I had read in, in 1 Timothy, if you recall, where Paul, uh, there's a couple of individuals there, and Paul basically comes to the place where they're rejecting and, and blasphemy in, in uh, the name of Jesus, and so he, he, he turns them over to, to Satan. Right? I don't know if you've recalled this or if you've read this before. Uh, I mean, it's pretty, pretty hefty, right? I mean, to, to turn somebody over to Satan, uh, you know, so that they can learn not to blaspheme, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty heavy thing. And, and so me, and, and being new to the faith, you know, I, I, in all sincerity, I sat there and I was like, I've done this, done, they keep doing this, this. So I, I took it, you know, on myself. I'm like, all right, Lord. I sat down, I was like, I didn't want to have to do this, but I'm going to turn this person over to, to Satan, to, to Beelzebub, you know, like Lucifer himself, uh, and, and just let him have his way, you know, because I have that authority, right, to, like, to make that call or something. And, and I think, you know, I think God, as any good father would do, and, and loving father when, you know, children are, are learning, you know, just kind of... Okay, okay, buddy. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that later. And and but in my in not, I was just being naive that I could you know had that like this person like I know their heart and I know what God's plan is and well Lord you know run them over with the bus a couple times and you know that's the I think that's the right thing to do if you ask my opinion and so I offered my opinion and God didn't do that um, but when I prayed that prayer I prayed it in sincerity and I prayed it and closed it in Jesus name you know which we're supposed to do and. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened, you know? And I think we all, at times, we pray prayers that are sincere, but, and, and we close them out the right way, you know, in the name of Jesus or in, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, my wife reminded me, uh, you know, she prays for people as well. No, nobody in this room. She prays for people and, you know, <laughs> Lord, bless them. Bless, you're supposed to bless them. Bless them with a thousand plagues or bless them, you know, with, with something else. It's, it's blessing them, right? And so I don't think that's happened, right? Nobody, God didn't answer that? Okay. So just know that, you know, God is, is out there and he, he takes these prayers and right or wrong, he just knows how to navigate it because he's God, right? And so today we're going to look at, the, the verse we're going to be looking at is, is this verse in John chapter 14 that talks about praying in Jesus' name. And obviously we pray that, and there's, there's definitely, it, it is important. And so we're going to unpack that today a little bit uh, as, as we take a look at John 14. And, and today we're going to read through, uh, beginning at verse 12, and we're going to read through 14. 
So uh, remember, it starts out in verse 12. It starts out with those two words, truly, truly. When we see that, that's, that's Jesus is, is really you know, trying to get the attention of the reader. And, and so it's, it's truly, truly, I say to you. All right, so he has our attention. He says, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. And again, this is, that verse alone I could preach on. Right? That's the, uh, a very, it's a deep verse. It's a, it's a bold statement. And maybe we'll get, to, get back to that someday. But we want to get to 13 and 14. So let's, let's keep rolling here. Verse 13. Here it is. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Okay. <laughs> You know, and you see, you look around the church today and we see people kind of like the, the genie in the bottle approach, right, to God. Like, well, if I do this, if I kneel here, if I get to this one spot or, you know, if the hair on the back of my neck stands up or whatever, then God's going to, you know, give me what I want. And so if you read it at the surface level, just anything in my name, I'll do it. And people have approached God this way. And so we're going to really de delve in today uh, into this scripture. But as, uh, before we do, let's go ahead and I just want to open in prayer uh, as we enter into this. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for just your word. God, I thank you that it's uh, alive and active, Lord. And God, I pray just that we would truly uh, open our hearts to receive. Even if it's something that, um, Lord, just is, is challenging for us. God, I pray that we take it, we apply it. And God, we are so grateful for your love and your mercy on us as we walk things out, as we grow in our walk with you. And God, we just thank you for your patience today. In Jesus' name, amen. And so just remember, church, as, as we go through this, uh, finish up this series, and I, I, hope you've been able, I hope you've learned something, at least one thing. Um, I hope that this series has been something not for you to catch somebody like a aha moment, you know, like, that's wrong. You know, hopefully you've not done that. I hope it's been something where maybe you've said, okay, I've not, I didn't realize that was saying that. And so that's, that's the idea. And so this is, is no less, okay? And th this is something that I think we really can just can, uh, press into. And so, you know, putting myself in that situation and, and whatever situation you've been in, I, I know in this room, I could probably confidently say every single one of us have prayed a prayer, ended it in Jesus' name, and nothing happens. Whether seemingly nothing or literally nothing happens, right? And it can be hard, right? You know, it's one thing to be praying for something maybe like out here, but when it's a loved one who's, who's battling a disease or, 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 or struggling through something and we're praying, or maybe it's someone that's strayed far away from God, somebody that we love deeply, and we pray for them and pray for them for years, and it just doesn't seem to be, it's like, God, where's the answer? This is... This is the thing, and this is the challenge as we, because we read scripture, and we read this verse here, and it says that he'll do these things we ask for in his name, but then there are times when we ask for it, but it doesn't come around. So let me say, as, as we, 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 we look at, uh, let's, say, let's take the name of Jesus here. And I, I'm, I'm saying the name of Jesus, not Jesus Christ, you know, we're saying just Jesus, right? And, and I want to say that there is nothing significant or magical about that name, just Jesus, all right? There are people all over this world named Jesus. If you know Hispanic people, there are people, Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so Jesus, that name in itself is just an, it's a name that many people have. 
And so that in and of itself, we have to remember, isn't like some magical formula. Remember that the culture during Jesus' time, they took names very seriously, didn't they? Regarding their, when they would name their children, um, they took these things, it had a lot of weight. They would equate a person's name with character, spirit, power of that person. You know, I remember when uh, Leah and I, we were, you know, she, well, she was pregnant, not we, I don't know if I'm supposed to say we were pregnant. She was pregnant, I was watching, and, um, you know, but we got to the end, and it was always just this huge pressure, like, you know, we're, what, are we, what name are we going to give this person that's going to literally carry it for the rest of their life? You know, no pressure, <laughs> just, you know, you got to figure that out, and, you know, we had it worked out, and the first one, I got the first name, she got the middle, and the second one, she had the first name down, and Noah almost made it out of the hospital without a middle name because I couldn't decide. Um, and, and so, you know, we look at all these things, we pray about it, and we really try to, you know, take it seriously. But many people, it's like, let's go to the, the Internet, like, what's the top ten? Which one rhymes? Or which one, you know, if we're, if we're naming the first child with a J, then the next one's got to start with a J so we can have the whole family. It's interesting how people approach the naming thing, right? But... In this case, and in that time, in that culture, I mean, names meant a lot. You look all through the Bible. You, it, why does it always say, have you noticed that it always kind of unpacks the name? When you read a name, it means this. And like, lo and behold, that, that's what that person did. It, it was all about what that person was. And so it had a lot of weight. And so, I mean, so much so that, you know, with the name God in the Bible, the Jews themselves, they would not even speak the name of Yahweh because it had so much weightiness to it, they wouldn't even touch it. So we have to remember again, in our time, in our culture, we kind of have to go back and look at the context, look what was happening, and so we're thinking about and looking at this name of Jesus, and Jesus, as I said, it was very common in first century Israel. Many people were named Jesus, and this is why when you read the Bible, you know, you read through and it says Jesus of Nazareth, right? It's, it's, it's trying to specify this Jesus is the one that we're talking about, not just, you know, Jesus of Long Grove or something. So Jesus, very specifically, of Nazareth. Now the name Jesus literally means Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh is salvation. And interestingly enough, when we say Jesus, we say what? We say Jesus Christ, right? Christ is not his last name, by the way. Did you know that? Okay, it's not a family name, it's Christ. And what Christ means is an anointed or anointed one. And so you think about this, if Jesus is, Yahweh is salvation, and we say Jesus Christ, the anointed one, so Jesus, the person, was the anointed one of God to bring God's salvation. And that's the beautiful picture, and it's, it's, it's the picture of the person, Jesus Christ. This is no ordinary man. I like what... Um, Pastor and author Kevin DeYoung said, he says this about, about Jesus, about this name. He says, what about Jesus? And you shall call his name Jesus, the angel told Joseph, for he will save his people from their sins. Listen, more than a great teacher, more than an enlightened man, more than a, a worker of miracles, more than a source of meaning in life, more than a self-help guru, more than a self-esteem builder, more than a political liberator, more than a caring friend, more than a transformer of cultures, more than a purpose for the purposeless. Jesus is the savior of sinners. You see, Jesus was these many things, but most importantly, Jesus was the Christ, the promised Messiah, saved 
sinners like you and myself. That is who Jesus Christ is. That is Jesus. And again, this meaning of anointed, as we said, Jesus Christ, Christ meaning anointed, it's, it's this idea of being set apart. But the only thing that has set apart this Jesus of Nazareth is the person whom it belongs to and what he did through the cross. The name in itself is not where we need to get hung up. We are looking at this person of Jesus Christ. And, and again, the name only reflects who the person is. In fact, in the book of Acts, we see some, some Jewish, Jewish exorcists that were trying to address this man who was possessed by demonic activity, by demons. And you know what they were doing? They were trying to cast out these demons in the name of Jesus. That's what, that's what they were supposed to do, right? They, they saw maybe the disciples doing it, so they're like, well, let's give this a go. And lo and behold, you know, this, this, this demon inside this man basically laughs in their face. And he's like, Jesus I know, Paul I've heard of, but who are you? How many pray that they never end up in that situation? <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you go on and read the rest of the story, this one man beat these guys like with an inch of their life and he took all their clothes. They had to take off like with nothing on. I don't want to experience that. But we look at that situation and so, okay, they did the right steps, but the power wasn't there for some reason. So it goes beyond just the lip service and saying the right thing. It goes to something much deeper, doesn't it? You see, there's more to it than just using the name of Jesus. And so let's, let's come back now to John 14, 13, and 14 here, and just let's read this through again. So it says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, this invitation to ask for anything in this context is not referring, as we're probably starting to figure out, to just anything in the absolute sense of the word, is it? That's why you never have to worry about being plagued with a thousand plagues, you know, if somebody prays that on you. Because it's something else. There's something about this word anything and something about the way that the name of Jesus is used. You know, one of the biggest factors in this, and this is where I really want us to dial in on today, is that our prayers really must model those that were demonstrated by Jesus Christ while he walked this earth. Where should we go to learn about Jesus? Let's go to Jesus, right? <laughs> I mean, have you ever stopped to think God could have really, he could have, Jesus, he could have come to earth as a man, like literally shown up at the cross, did what he came to do, and that was it, right? Now, again, there were, there were certain prophecies that had to be fulfilled, but what, why did Jesus live out his life? Why did he live out his life uh, in front of, you know, a, a bunch of people. Why is it written for us to look at? It's, it's for an example as to how we are supposed to live and walk this life here on earth. That's why. That's why we see these moments uh, of very personal things and, and, and just, it's like you see all these aspects of Jesus as he walked the earth. It's because it's an example for us as how to live as Christians. Because we're following 
Christ, to be like Jesus. And, you know, we've talked about praying that prayer and, and how dangerous that is to really say, Lord, make me more like you. I want to be like Jesus. Well, to be like Jesus is to pray like Jesus. And when we look at, at Jesus and how he prayed and think, thank God for our, the scripture that we can go to and learn. But as we look at this, we will see some, some things become clear. And, and I want to hop over now from the Gospel of John to 1 John, okay, the same author. But 1 John chapter 5, listen to this now. It's going to give us a little better glimpse into this, what we're, we're looking at, this anything. 1 John 5, 13 through 15, it says this. In verse 13, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything, and there's that kind of phrase, right? If we ask anything, but look what it says. According to his will, he hears us. And let's read on verse 15. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. You see, it really comes down to us pausing for a moment to say, God, what is your will in this situation? What is your plan? What is your purpose? And frankly, I know for myself, I tend to just, I want to just jump in and I'm looking at like, okay, God, whatever, whatever alleviates my suffering, whatever, whatever kind of makes this a little more comfortable for me, whatever, however this works out so that it goes in line with what I think should happen, and I want you to, I want you to stop. I, I know I, we say this and we're in this setting and maybe we do, maybe we don't, but really stop and think for a minute. When you enter into a, a time of prayer for somebody or something or something in your life, do you, do you begin at a place of saying, Lord, what is your will here? So that I can pray in line with what you are wanting to do, not what I think should happen. I know for myself, I, I wish I could say I did that all the time, but I, I don't. Because we're always in, what, such a hurry? <laughs> you know, we want to just get in there and get it taken care of, or we're just confident that we want it our way. And so we just jump in there, and, and we don't start from that place of asking God's will. Too often in our lives, instead of asking God what his will is, we only pray with the desire of reprieve from whatever it is we're facing. And that's not to take away, I don't want to come across this morning as insensitive to the pain or any suffering or any challenge you're facing today, because it's real, and it's hard, and it's painful, and I get that. And so don't think that this is something that just comes easy. This is something that God has to help us with. But listen to this, God cares more about yours and my eternal destination rather than our current physical condition. What does that mean? God sees everything from an eternal perspective. And what we're going through in this life right now, what the struggles, the pains, the suffering, that is, that is just, again, it's just a vapor. It's, it's just a short time. Again, not taking away from how it feels and, and, and the, the realness of it. I heard John Piper say this once. He, he said, um, when you're in these situations of suffering and pain, or challenge, he says this, he says, don't waste your pain. 
Don't waste your pain. And if you're in that place today, that would be my encouragement to you, is do not waste your pain. You're in that situation. You are experiencing that pain. Don't be so focused on trying to alleviate it and just, just make it stop that you miss what God is trying to work through the process. If you recall last week, we talked about that friction, right? That sandpaper on the wood and that, that place in between that is not fun to be in. It's that friction as God is trying to refine us, and we need to allow that, and we need to make room for that. I wish uh, more of our kids were in here because I want to talk about the Avengers here today as a sermon illustration because it's fun. It's entertaining for me. Um, no, I, I really love, I love, Avenger, I, I love Thor. Thor's my guy. I tend to relate more to the fat Thor, though, than the, the other one, um, if you've seen the movies. But, uh, but yeah, Thor's, Thor's the guy. And, and in the last Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, uh, it comes to the end of the movie, and basically, you know, his planet, this big, fiery guy is going to destroy the planet. And Thor's standing there with a couple other people, and they're like, well, you know, it's, it's, this is not our, our, peop, our people are what is important, not this place. And, and so they're watching him, and they know that this is going to have to happen. It just was the way it was going to have to be. And then this big green guy named Hulk, right? Any Hulks in the room? Is that your approach to life? Yeah. Um, so Hulk, you know, he smashes everything, destroys everything. That's just his, his default. Anyway, so they're standing there watching everything that needs to happen, getting ready to get on the ship. And then out of nowhere, Hulk just, like, goes flying. It's hilarious. Like, he jumps on this guy and just starts, you know, hitting him and stuff, trying to, you know, do what he does, destroy things. Well, here's the deal. It's, and, and they're yelling at Hulk, like, Hulk, you know, for one moment in your life, don't smash something, right? What are you doing? You're messing it up. And just like the first service, the way you're looking at me right now, like, Pastor Dale, how in the world are you going to tie this in to what we're talking about this morning? Let me bring the plane in for a landing. It may be a crash landing, but we're going to get there. Listen, a lot of us, I believe, are approaching our prayer life the same way Hulk did this situation. Hulk didn't pause or stop or consult anyone as to what's the plan here. He, with the best intentions, just jumped in and tried to fix it and tried to do something that he thought was right. And I believe that too many times as we approach things, we don't stop and pause to say, God, what is your plan in this situation? What is it that you're wanting to accomplish? And even though I'm watching it and it seems like it's, it's just falling apart, to understand that, okay, there's a purpose and a plan that's work, working here that's at work, and I need to come into alignment with that and understand and pray along those lines, not pray as to what I think it should be. And it's, it's hard, isn't it? And it's even, and what I loved about that image with Hawk, it's like it's the best intention, isn't it? His intentions were right. His intentions were good, like he wanted to destroy this bad guy. Who, who would say that's wrong? But he didn't understand the plan and the purpose, did he? That it had to happen. And so this, this, this idea of slowing things down, this idea, as we've talked a lot here this past year, of, 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 of focusing more on being versus doing, of, of slowing things down as we, we enter into time with God, into our prayer time, to say, God, what do you have today? 
before we go down our laundry list of things that we've got to cover with God, to stop and say, Lord, what's on, what's on your heart today? And how should I pray for this situation? Now, God doesn't always reveal those things, but we can ask. I know in my own life, in my own walk, there's, there's been times and seasons that were just really hard to understand. And I've asked God, can you just give a, a glimpse of what, what you're trying to do here? Just so I can walk with you instead of, you know, rushing in or, or doing something that's, that's contrary to what you're trying to accomplish. And most of the time, sometimes it takes time, but he gives that glimpse of like, oh yeah, I can see, I can see how you're working this. I don't understand or maybe how it's going to end, but I can see your hand in it. There were times in our life we would come against these walls like we're just at our end, right? Ready to give up. Like, God, I don't know what the heck you're doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real with you. Those were the prayers that were growing up. And you, we, every time we would come to that place, there would be like one little thing would happen and we would just see this glimpse of God's hand. Not exactly what was going to happen, but like God's still with us and we're still going the same course that he last told, told us. And we would just keep walking by faith. And then after a while, you start to kind of get weary and you're like, oh, man, maybe we took a wrong turn. And then God, boop, just another little glimpse. And that's how it would work. And it would encourage us. So knowing God's will is, is key. Now, there are other factors, of course, besides God's will in, in our prayer time and, and praying in Jesus' name for, for these things. Um, and we're not going to be able to del delve deep into any of these things. But some of those are, are sin in our life or someone else's. You know, if, if there's sin there and we're praying from that place, it's just not, it's not going to get, we're not going to get very far. You know, we have to confess that sin and, and, and make sure that, that our hearts are pure. Not, we're not perfect people, but we serve a perfect God. And, and God covers our sin, but we have to say, God, I confess this to you. Also, our faith, obviously, right? Our faith plays a huge part. Did you, have you read in the Bible where Jesus talks about he's not able to do any miracles in this one place? Jesus, <laughs> right? The guy that walked on water and everything, that guy. Couldn't do miracles. Why? Because of their faith. They, he's like, there's no great miracles. Jesus could not do any great miracles in this place. So again, faith does play a part. Another big one that a lot of us, it's kind of the, you know, the thing we never like to talk about, but is unforgiveness. There's unforgiveness in our heart. There's bitterness. The Bible says that's like a, an immediate blockage that God's not going to hear your prayer. And when we get to these moments where our prayer just feels like it's hitting the ceiling, we need to stop and say, am I holding something against someone that I need to repent of? And there's other things, but these are a few of the big ones. And so, again, understanding to know God's will, to make sure these other things are not uh, hindering us, we then can pray and ask. And so as we begin to, to move towards a conclusion here, uh, I want to read from the Gospel of Mark, and I think this... Um, Actually, no, I'm not going to read that. I'm going to summarize it because I don't want to go too long today. Um, I'll, I'll touch on parts of it, but let me kind of set the scene here. So if you remember uh, in the Bible, when Jesus is speaking in, in a home, he's there, and some friends had a, uh, a man who was paralyzed. Do you remember that, if you've read that before? But, and so like any good friends would, right, it's like, oh, we're going to get you to Jesus. <laughs> and so they felt that liberty to get on some of the person's house, whoever the owner was, and they made a hole in the roof, Right? Yep, good friends, right? This is what friends do. They're, they're with you till the end when everything's on fire. So they're making a hole in this person's roof, and then they lower the guy down right in front of Jesus. 
right, right in front of them. And here's Jesus standing there. There's this room probably all crowded with all these people. And here's, here's this guy, obviously on this mat, can't walk. And you know the first thing Jesus says? He says this, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, I'll just put myself in the... If I was Jesus, I would have said, let's get this party started. Get up and rise, man. Let's do this. Start the dance music, right? To show that, hey, I'm the, I'm the real deal. Let me do this miracle. Because, I mean, you say somebody's sins are forgiven. Can you see that with your, your eyes? Let's lead with the big thing, and then we'll get to the sin part later. But Jesus chose to address the sin in his life before he ever got to the physical healing of his body. And so this was huge. And, and then there was, of course, some Pharisees there that started questioning and, you know, saying, what, who's this guy that can do sin, you know, forgive sins and everything else? And then listen to what Jesus says. He says, he says this, he says, your sins are forgiven. And he goes on, he says, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to, to, on earth to forgive sins. So he's saying this so that they can see that I have the authority. He can walk. And so he tells them to walk. And then listen to this. Verse 12. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. And listen. So that they were all amazed and glorified God. Shouldn't that be what our, 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 our prayer is supposed to be about? Here was this amazing miracle that just took place in front of their eyes. And what did they do? Their glory went to God. And that should be our approach to every situation. Is God, how do you get the glory in this situation? I don't want the glory. The person, you know, if you're praying with someone, they shouldn't get the glory. God needs to get the glory. And oftentimes... <laughs> It's not going to go the way we think it should. And God does what only he can do. And so we see this, this, this glory that goes to God. Because again, remember, like I said, God is always looking at things from an eternal perspective. And this is why Jesus was more concerned about the sin in his life than his physical body being healed. And the takeaway here is that everything leads back to the glory of God. And we see this all across the board. Everything that Jesus did, he always pointed to his heavenly father, didn't he? He didn't say it's all about me. He said, no, if you've seen me, you've seen my father in heaven, God the Father. And so to read this promise of doing anything we ask in any way except for you know, this understanding and in this context is a complete misunderstanding of the promise that's being made. Understanding that God is working, that God is moving, and that God is sovereign is what we must do, and to understand that and to pray in accordance with what God is wanting to accomplish. You see, praying in Jesus' name is to pray in accord with Jesus' will and his mission. It's much like if when I, you know, my kids are running, wrestling around, I send one of them, I say, you go tell your brother that I said to do this. Now, in my case, it only works 10% of the time. But, you know, in God's case, when, he's, when we are carrying the name of Jesus, then we are carrying that authority 
And we need to remember that that's where it comes from, so it needs to fall in line with what God's will is. Praying from that place is what puts us in position to see our prayers answered. And I want to encourage you today, church, if you've been praying for a long time, don't stop. You may just need to, to realign or, or to, to pause for a moment and say, God, what is, what is your will? And, and this is the thing. With, with these long uh, seasons of prayer for something, it's, it's kind of, it can move. It can shift. And so we may start at a place praying for something, but then over time we want to stay close to God and say, God, is this still where you're, what you're wanting to accomplish? Is this still where things are at? I want to understand and be able to pray in line, in step with what you are wanting to accomplish. As we start to bring things to a close, I, I want us to remember, uh, as we look at, look at Jesus, that Jesus truly is, he's our high priest, okay? Jesus is the one, much like we saw in the Old Testament, where the high priest was the one that would go in, would bring the, the sins of the people, if you will, to God, and bring their requests to God. The high priest was that person. He would carry that. Jesus is also our mediator, the Bible says. He's the, the between. He's the one that connects us to God the Father. And lastly, and this is important, I don't want you to leave without understanding this, that truly, as Acts 4.12 says, Jesus' name is above all other names. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Jesus Christ, Son of God, the Messiah, his name is truly above all other names. And there's power in that name. But it's not for us to sit and wield in some loose, selfish manner. It's for us to come in line with what God is wanting to do. And he allows us to be a part of carrying out his plans and purposes. Let's say you're in a situation today. Let's say that maybe there's something to do with your health or someone's health. Maybe we're praying for that. Maybe there's healing or, or you come into a situation where you have to pray along those lines. And, and the question comes is, is how, how do we pray? I really appreciated uh, in the book here, we've mentioned a few times the most misused verses in the Bible where we based some of the series from. The author here presents a, a, a really wonderful prayer. And I'm going to read this, and it should be up on the screen here as we get into it. And I want you to, to we're going to kind of just walk through this. And this prayer, the, this approach just struck me. Because I wish I, I, I would have done this more often. I wish I would still do it more often. And, and frankly, I get caught up in the moment and I jump in. But listen, and we're going to pause in a few places. But listen how this prayer goes. What if we prayed like this? Lord, I know you have a purpose for everything you bring into my life. And my prayer is that you would be glorified in whatever way seems best. Can you imagine if we started every prayer from that place? To say, God, use me for your glory. Use this situation any way you see fit, however that goes. And he goes on, he says, please teach me what you want me to learn from this so that my faith will grow. See, the greatest thing, the greatest thing that comes from our struggles and trials oftentimes is not the answer, but it's, it's the journey through them and what God wants to do. It's like that guy that the guy that was couldn't walk, right? It wasn't about getting him to walk again. It was about re 
releasing him from his sin, forgiving him of his sin. And God wanted to do that, and he did that in that moment through Jesus. Please help me, it goes on, to see that what your sovereign purposes might be, listen to this, so that I may rejoice in your plan and rely upon your grace. There are times when we're going through struggle, when we're going through trial, and God shows us a glimpse and we're like, oh my goodness, I don't think I can do this. And those are the sweet moments that God comes in and says, my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, I will be made strong. And so we can rest in that as we walk through and to learn to rely on his grace. And it goes on, but Lord, if it would be pleasing to you, I do ask that you would bring relief from this pain and healing from this hurt, for this is my desire. Do you see his attitude that he's presenting? He's not saying, do this now, do this because of this, or because uh, the Bible and this one scripture that I'm totally taking out of context says that. No, he's saying, if it's pleasing to you, would you remove this? Would you take this? And then he finishes with this beautiful statement. Either way, I trust you and I pray that your will be done. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. What would our prayer life look like if we prayed like this on a regular basis? If we died to ourselves, if we died to what we want and just said, God, I just, just to be counted to be used by you as a blessing to others, as, as a blessing in a situation, that's enough for me. That's enough for me. And I hope that that encourages us today. I hope that challenges us today because I know it's challenged me as well. I want to finish with a, a verse from Proverbs 18, verse 10, and it says this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. There is a name, again, that is above every other name. There is a name that holds the power of all things to, re to release somebody from their sins. It's the name of Jesus. That's why we pray. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. But oh God, wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be wonderful if we said, first, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Show me your plan and your purpose. And we close that in Jesus' name. And watch what starts to happen. Watch prayers be answered in those moments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this message. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that, God, you love us and that you are so patient with us. Lord, help us to just slow down. God, help us to be patient and to ask, reveal your will. Show us your will. God, we repent today, Lord God, of just our selfish motives. Even if the best intentions, Lord God, oftentimes can lead back to ourself. God, forgive us in the places we've not put you first, that we've not stopped to say, Lord, it's all about you. 
and may you get the glory through this, whether it's a triumph or a trial, Lord. God, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you that you walked this earth in such a way and, and that we can look at through scripture to see exactly what we're supposed to do, exactly how we're supposed to pray, exactly the way we're supposed to walk things out and trust. God, we think of the Garden of Gethsemane when, Jesus, when you wrestled and you, you just were like, is there any other way? But at the end of it all, you prayed, God, not my will, but yours be done. And that obedience led you to a cross. God, thank you that we have that example. And Lord, we thank you that there truly is, there is power in the name of Jesus. God, I pray you just continue to help us to walk in step, to, to walk in sync with what it is you're wanting to do and what you're wanting to accomplish. And Lord, we pray when you do give us those glimpses and when they are perhaps challenging at times to see and to realize that the, the, the way forward is, is all uphill, God, may we have the boldness. May you give us the strength to step out and to trust you every single step of the way that through our journey, Lord, you would truly get the glory that you deserve. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for each one here in this place today. Those that are watching online, God, I pray that you've stirred our hearts to action. In Jesus' name, amen.